Hello and welcome to the Farm Next podcast, the show where we talk about the things that in agriculture we often don't want to talk about. We're here to talk about the people part of the business and how specifically to help those generations communicate so we can successfully transfer knowledge, build solid succession plans for our businesses, and help develop and coach the next generation of leaders in this great industry we call agriculture. Let's start the conversation. Welcome to the Farm Next podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Aubrey, and it is time to get started today. So just uh, taking a second here to say thanks for those of you who are already expressing a little bit of excitement about the fact that I'm doing this. So this is only issue number two. So obviously, um, you know, we haven't we haven't accomplished much of anything yet, but you know, part of the doing of of uh, things and getting and getting an accomplishment, I've always found is is the minutia of just putting it out there. And as I told all of you listeners when I started the live show on Facebook, which we're continuing to do, it's Thursdays, and it's in it for now. It's on my personal page, Sarah Beth Aubrey, but it will be moving to the Farm Next Facebook group before long. So if you're not part of that private group, you've got to get there. So just look for Farm Next, ask to join. You're in. But you know, as I said when I started that live show, we're continuing to do them. Done is better than perfect in my world right now because I've got content that needs to get to you. And I've always had a business model for the last almost 20 years, uh, 15, uh, going on 16 now, in business for myself, where I did the one-to-one model. Lots of one-on-one consulting or small groups or, you know, and then definitely the as I've gained some um, connections and, and opportunities and appreciate those very much, a lot of keynotes and still doing that and still want to do that. Hope you will call and find that I'm a good solution for that. Yet there comes a point when you start to look at your body of work and go, more people need to see this. I'm getting good feedback. People are telling me I'm. this is something I'm using how do we get it out to more people? And how do I get the content out there around this topic of developing and coaching the next generation in agriculture in a way that more people can take advantage of, that they don't have to be at a session, that they don't have to have already you know, paid to have a one-on-one executive coaching program, that they're not at a conference. Those are all things we're going to do, but those aren't things for every day and they're not for everybody. But the message of what do we need to do to have conversations with um, those of us in the industry to to make make things work, to get to the next generation, and to really get that that next generation thinking about where they need to go, are things that I'm passionate about doing. And so that's what Farm Next is about. So those of you who've been positive to say I'm so excited you're doing this, get it going, get it started. Well, you know, thank you. Um, pardon the glitches and and glips and dips as we go through here. You know, I don't know exactly all of the stuff to set up to make these work, but boy, you can do just about anything from your desktop and your phone. And I do love that about being an entrepreneur today. So we'll keep getting these better. Please give your feedback. Uh, Be a little gentle at first, if you will, on the things that we don't do correct, because we're here to provide good content, uh, not be tech experts. We will get better at that. But if you do know people who can help, or you have good ideas on how to make these tools 
more user-friendly, hey, let us know because we want to do that. And I will be introducing some of the members of my new and growing team as we go along, but they're kind of getting started on some transitions, um, doing different roles, and then bringing some new people on. So we're going to let them kind of get some feet under them before I pop them up on social media and make them go live or something to talk to you. So let's kick it off now today with a conversation uh, just between you and I uh, for today's show and for this week's theme in the world of Sarah Aubrey and the Farm Next movement. The theme is around awkward. Yes, I actually just wrote an article that appeared in the Top Producer magazine. Many of you take that it's a farm journal company and it's top producer. Thank you, top producer, so very much for all of your support over the years. I love working with my friends there and doing conferences with them, the farm CEO coach uh, coaching program, and also having a column in top producer magazine that is called the farm CEO coach. So you can grab that on AgWeb if you don't take the paper magazine anymore, although I still love to see that. Um, and you can also subscribe um, by going, you know, clicking, send me a message or by going to my page, Sarah Beth Aubrey, and you'll get my farm journal com, uh, columns a month after they come out. So obviously they put them out first, but I share them too, because I want to get those out there. But anyway, so this week's, I featured the column uh, on my blog that I wrote for top producer in that farm CEO coach not too long ago. And I think it's a good topic for us today. So I'm trying really hard to keep the topics that we're featuring on the blog, also something that makes sense in the podcast, and then really doing a little bit of training around that over in the training day, which is Thursdays, four four o'clock Eastern. So today, awkward. You know, that's a phrase that you hear a lot of people say anymore to kind of Note any situation that is a little bit uncomfortable or seems like somebody has said something that the other person is not sure how to react to. You know, it's kind of been one of those pop culture verbiages now, like, oh, it's awkward. You know, we hear people saying it a lot. And like anything that becomes part of the popular vernacular and not just a word, it's because of some measure of truth, right? And that's where we're headed today. So, Awkward is one of those things that usually happens in agriculture when it comes to the people part. And it comes when it's related to a lot of things. One of those can be around the idea of transition and succession. Everybody knows that's going to happen someday. But, and a lot of people have an understanding of what they think that's going to be or where it's going to go or how it's going to go, who's getting what, what job's going where. But there's usually a lot of awkward confusion as to things like the timing Uh, the roles that people will play, how soon that should happen. And oftentimes there's just an awkward lack of comfort around just bringing it up and getting things cleared up. So how do we break that? Well, it's culture. And every family, just like every business, has culture. And we'll talk a lot more about that in this show, on how we make changes to the culture that break some cycles that we've been in for too long. And get everybody headed in a better direction. You know, we're not going to solve everything with this podcast, but we are going to open up some doors that we maybe will get to walk through. And so this one around the conversations that are a little challenging um, is, is today's topic. So we also hear this. This is all part of that blog that I put together. It's not personal, it's business. 
Well, I'm about over that damn statement because, okay, yes, business is important. And yes, we have to make smart business decisions that sometimes personally can create conflict. That is an absolute fact. However, in agriculture or any business where mostly family and personal relationships are involved, while we must make those decisions mutually, they are also not very easy to separate. And so let's just acknowledge that. And we have to make them intelligently, but also sensitively. But because we've made these statements that have been so black and white, like it's not personal, it's business, that kind of black and white thinking makes it even more difficult to go ahead and have the conversation that you need to where there is a personal issue with someone who is part of the business. So people tend to avoid the conversation even more because we're like, well, it's it's not personal, it's business. God, I really don't want to bring that up because... I've got to keep it, you know, all business. You've got to keep it professional. You've got to keep it sensitive. You've got to keep it in a way that's productive. But keeping it completely impersonal is pretty much completely impossible. So, you know, for many farm families, um, some of the most avoided conversations are about how to transition from one generation of leadership to the next. And honestly, a more complete way to put that, it's not personal, it's business statement, maybe is, This is awkward because it is personal. This is a family farming business. So why do these things happen? Well, I think this is a, you know, nothing new for most of you listening, but it's often due to those unclarified assumptions. Things like, well, I guess I'm taking over when dad retires or dad says, I'm assuming if my son wanted to know more about what I'm doing here, he'd come and ask me. Those kinds of things definitely are what keeps us in the awkward zone because we just don't go ahead, get out there, and bring them up. The thing is, though, lack of planning today and these conversations, or rather I should say the avoidance of them, is a lack of planning. It's not sustainable. And so, you know, it's commonly held belief and it's also been uh, researched and I, you know, I won't quote a particular study today, but in, in the common vernacular, we know that most farmers facing retirement really want to see their businesses continue. Most young people that are actively engaged, and I say young in a rather broad sense of the word because, you know, I'm 44. What I think of as young now is different than what my, hopefully, the 22-year-old listeners think, and it's different than what the 65-year-old listeners think. It's all relative. But let's say you are the actively farming. Most of you actively engaged in agriculture, or you know, somewhere in that quote-unquote young range, you're not at retirement yet, let's put it that way. You probably plan to continue after your senior generation, dads, uncles, mom and dad, um, retire. So if we both have a mutually, and it's common that we do, have a mutual situation, we want to see a business continue, what are we doing stuck in this spot where we're not talking about it? Well, that's culture. And again, that's another topic for another show. And we will get into that one because it's really hard to bust through that chaff. But producers often tell me, especially at the senior level, And a lot of times those who are at that next generation knocking on that door, that while they want to take over, 
or they want their next generation to take over, they aren't sure they're quite prepared. And that, honestly, that statement right there, uh, those conversations one-on-one in the field, in an office, at a, at a convention, around a boardroom, leading a meeting, that's where the book came from that I recently published that we'll talk a lot about here. I'll be pulling some things from that because they are some of the points that I think need to be made on this podcast. Um, that book's Who's Running Your Farm Next. So, if, but that's the serious piece. If they don't believe that the next generation is prepared to take over, even if you've built the succession plan, even if you've sat down with the attorneys, even if the estate is set up, if you don't intentionally cultivate the future leaders and help them get the experience, the knowledge, maybe it's a completely different set of training, learning, networking that you didn't need If you don't help that happen now while you have a chance to influence it or you as that next generation coming up, if you don't manage up, we're going to talk about that in a second, and take the time to get those things to happen, your operation risks extinction. And that's that's just it today. I mean, that's not, it's not a gloom and doom sentiment. It's what we know to be true in ag. It is not easy to operate. It is not inexpensive. It is not without a tremendous amount of risk. It is not without a lot of, you know, guts and fear, but it's also not without a lot of strategy, good management, and forward thinking. Many of these things we can manage to do, or we can put a lot of impact around. And so I see getting the right people in the right roles and getting them and building the right experience one of the most critical aspects to succession and sustainability of an operation, more so than perhaps ever before. We have tremendous tools that we can use, but we've got to make sure we've got the right people with the right mindset using them. So, you know, and why is now so special? Well, some of you, you know, this is 2019 when I'm recording this. It's in the fall. It's a beautiful day. I live in Monrovia, well, in the country, but near Monrovia, Indiana. My home and my office, I'm turning right now to look south. I look out over a pond and we have cattle here and the trees are gold. I mean, it's, it's fairly dry. People are getting in the fields. They're getting through what's been one of the most challenging years in recent memory for all kinds of reasons. Won't list them here. Uh, You have plenty of other resources to gather that daily news, but you know, we're entering also what, is spike some measures considered the fifth year of an agricultural recession. So now is a significant time to really take a look at what are the things that we can control and that we should be working on to better our operations. We are an industry in transition too, despite the tough set of years, despite the fact that 2019 was a very big challenge for many parts of the uh, industry. In the next 10 years, we will likely see upwards of 370 million acres of land, ag land, change hands. So USDA says that's going to be around 500,000 farmers retiring or something else, but otherwise they're out of the business between now, it's 2019 fall when I record this, and 2030. That is 10 years from now. 
Those timelines are short. The future is now. I mean, how many of you, I know that I do this constantly, think of 10 years, think 10 years ago, 10 years seems like a long time, but then you think back to 29, 2009, you're like, yeah, that was just in 2009. Oh, that was 10 years ago. Well, guess what? That doesn't change going forward. We're going to say that in 2029, 10 years from now. It's going to get here quick, but yet we have that time horizon to make the changes that we need to make. So what should you do if your business has unfinished business as it relates to the people in place? Well, here's where that I like to make sure that in these conversations that we're going to have that I'm talking to both generations here. And then really both is totally the wrong word because in ag we have three, very likely four often, and I mean almost five generations that are taking an income from the farm, have ownership in the farm, or at least are around the farm. So two generations is, maybe that's not the right way to put that, honestly. But let's say there's a couple active generations at at the leadership gate. And if your business is like that, one thing I need to make sure I'm doing on these podcasts is talking to to all the different stages and ages because you've all got a role to play and nobody gets out of this for free on where do we go from here and everybody needs to step up. So even if you are in the younger generation in your business, whatever that number is, it doesn't matter. It's really more about the stage of life and the role you play. Realize everybody can and everybody should be a leader in their business. So that means you should not wait for someone else to initiate the discussion. Now, many of you are going to say, well, I cannot do that. You don't know my dad. Well, I'm going to throw that right back over and pitch that one back. Softball, you definitely don't know mine. (laughs) It's not easy for some of us. And it's not easy for certain family relationships or the culture that you have. And again, that's a conversation for another day. I acknowledge that it's not simple. But here's where the word, it's business, is right and is necessary. Yeah, it's personal, but it's also business. It's your business. So figuring out a way, you know, getting the getting your thoughts together to get that difficult conversation to initiating it, that is everybody's job. And if you're not, if someone in your operation you know is not going to do it, what can you do to make that happen? So let me just uh, move into this for the balance of our chat today. So on a recent coaching call, I was talking about the concept of managing up to a young leader who was concerned about his future role. Now he works in an agribusiness, so it's it's a it's in farming, uh, but it's not. It's not a family business. In that particular case, he is not a family member. And, you know, there's really only one family leader in this organization. Um, but really the day-to-day is being run by a series, you know, group of executives. And he's kind of a middle manager, this person. So this is not a farm family in that case, but of course it is a farm. So structures are it can be very similar. So he was really concerned about his role and he gets along with his supervisor, but he, he sees a lot of stuff that's not going right and is getting overlooked. And that person is, it's a female in his case, pulled in a lot of directions. And that affects up and down the food chain, right? 
So he's like, and I also don't know if she's going to see my contribution. I may get overlooked. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be up for some new opportunities. What do I do? So what we did in his case was we spent some time talking about a concept called managing up. And what is that? How do you define managing up? Managing up is defined as understanding and really helping your senior leader successfully do their own job. Now, what on earth does that mean? Can you believe I just said that? So you're telling me, lady, that I have got to do my darn job, do it well because I'm supposed to do it well. And actually, if I really want to do well, I need to help my boss do their job better. I'm supposed to do their job and do it better for them. You've got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding you at all. Think of your senior leader, whether that's in the family or it's not, but just think of them for a moment as your best customer, as a client. What do you do for the good customer and the good client? You try to make their darn life easier through your service, through your product, through the way you treat them and speak to them, through the way you um, go out of your way, perhaps. Now, some of you are saying, I'm already going way out of my way for dad. I am not doing that anymore. That is not managing up. That's managing me, managing me crazy. I get that. But think, let's, let's, you know, let's go back to my example. Think of that leader that's in the next tier above you or um, that manager. Think of him like your customer. Now, I understand that sometimes that senior person above you may or may not be treating you in your estimation the where you think is the fairest. We'll address that another time as well. But managing up assumes that you have some value to bring and you want to make sure that you do get that information to that person on the next tier up above you to make their job easier, which makes everybody's job easier. It also assumes that they may or may not know what you know. That's where communicating across generations is all about bringing value. And everyone has a unique value. And a lot of younger people in the operation will tell me, I don't know how to talk to him. Maybe they're managing some people that aren't their relatives, but have been hired by dad or even grandpa. And those are their employees now because they got, you know, they kind of got pushed into management and they're having a really difficult time getting those people to listen to them. It's very difficult and don't downplay that at all. But the idea here is that it's very difficult to communicate with anybody with you that when you're in conflict with them, whether it's a conflict because something's really gone wrong, you know, things got off the rails, whether it's a conflict because that's how the culture is in the business. You know, we don't, we don't talk to dad about money type of attitude, and that's, that's prevalent sometimes, or whether it's a conflict because someone else has put up a barrier and won't let us cross. But the big way to bust through any of those is to know what's the value I bring and why does that person need to know it? And that's managing up. Managing up, again, is understanding what does your senior leader need to do their job best and for the operation and helping them to successfully do it. It means that you assess the situation as well. Now, it doesn't mean getting cocky or smug and saying, well, he might, he's been here forever. He doesn't know anything. I hope that's not where you're thinking this is going because it's not my intention. It means you've got a different perspective. You've got a, you don't, you're not barn blind to someone else's job because it's not your job. 
And that allows you to have a unique perspective. And if you see something that's really important, and if it's nothing more than, hey, we've got to have tough conversations or just conversations that were just kind of awkward and we're not used to setting the time to do, that's managing up to take the lead in doing that. So even if that final decision maker has more experience, more seniority, or also has your DNA, (laughs) managing up is a great way to take the lead to get things to go forward. So here's a couple, three, just basic, you know, you got to be helpful, um, getting that list started, offering to put things together, maybe presenting those topics back to that person to say, okay, here's what we agreed to talk about. Now let's get it done. And then persistence. Managing up is definitely about persistence. It's definitely about staying the course. If your senior leader in your business is a very is pulled in a lot of directions, as was the one in the example I gave a few minutes ago on the coaching client, then they struggle to find time to deal with stuff that's not emergency or that's not perhaps external. A lot of times leaders do a poor job of managing the internal. It's a struggle that that I've worked on and, and continue to work on myself and my organization is small. But when you work with large farms or large companies, there's systems in place, but it doesn't mean things are perfect. Individuals still must play critical roles assess the situations in real time, and figure out smart ways to manage up to do what needs to be done. So that's kind of my idea for today. And I welcome you to write me with questions about this um, on my Facebook page. You can reach out to me. Uh, Farm Next is a perfect place. And we'll be doing some things with this topic where we post some key questions for your reflection and for you to talk about, um, or that maybe will, you know, incite some thought that you have and make you want to send an email over for more. But how are you managing up, you know, and do you need help with this? And for a lot of younger leaders today, I find commonly that they, they didn't get the chance to get the training. And let's face it, your dad or your uncle or your mom and dad, they probably didn't either. And so they probably didn't think that was necessary for you. But businesses are different than they used to be. And we're dealing with a lot more complexities. So that excuse is just that today. It's an excuse. And dedicating time, resources, and mostly just the attitude of, yes, go do that and no guilt trip is one of the critical things I talk to operations about. And so if you're looking to dedicate some time and space to that this year to get better for 2020 and beyond, you know, um, send me a note and send me an email. We're going to be having a class. It's going to be a live two-day class. It's going to be held in Indianapolis, which is where near where I live. And it's going to be in early February. I'll get the dates probably by the next episode. And of course, then we'll start promoting it. But if you, if this is calling you like, okay, I really need to get the time and space to sit down with some people in my business and focus on these conversations, focus on developing our pipeline, dealing with our culture, managing our, you know, our conflicts, and just what are the tools to do that? And it's not a, what we're doing here is just, it's a workshop, okay? It's not a conference. There's not going to be 100, 200, 300, 500 people there. It is not a summit with 50 different vendors and neat stuff that you can you know, by um, it's not going to be a, a glamorous stage like some of the stuff that I've seen before where, and I do that stuff. I mean, I love taking a big stage. That's awesome. 
but that's not what this topic needs. This topic, if it's calling out to you, send me an email, send me a, you know, a note through Facebook that you want to get on kind of the early notification list from when we open the cart and open the doors. It's going to be small. Um, it's a workshop, just call it, you know, winter farm next workshop. It's only going to be up to 30. And that would be like, if you bring one or two people or even three people um, from your business. So that's going to lend itself to some pretty, a pretty small set of groups in the room. And we're going to work through these things. And it's not going to be a speech and listen. It's not, a, it's not going to be a lecture. We'll have training, but this is not right for somebody who's not ready to come and work and leave ready to implement. And so if that's something you're thinking might be right for 2020, send me a note and get in, get in on that early notification for the Farm Next Winter Workshop. And we will get you um, get you there and get you notified about that early and maybe even give you a little extra uh, you know, price off of that. I, mean, I haven't figured out what the price of that's going to be yet. We're just, we just know we need to do it. We're getting calls for that and it's going to happen this, this February. So I'm excited about that. So thanks for listening today. Join me over in that farm next group. That's where the live trainings are going to be going. That's where those live trainings are going to be archived. Um, Facebook's got some neat features these days with units and things where it's almost like a learning platform. So you'll be, I'll be saving some, some topics and courses and resources that you can just literally grab and listen to like another podcast or watch um, and some worksheets as well. So again, stay, bear with me as we get that populated uh, going through this growth phase that we're in and reach out to me if you want more or have questions about that winter workshop. So uh Talk to you soon, and for for now, go ahead and manage up. And one last thing before you go for the day, I want to personally invite you to come on over to the Farm Next Facebook community. Why would you join this? Well, this is a community of those of us in agriculture who are interested in developing and coaching the next generation of leaders. It's where things like this podcast, the live show that I do every Thursday with the free training on a topic, get their house. It's where they live. It's where you can always grab the extra uh, versions of those and where you can take advantage of the conversation and the community. We'll also be making you some really interesting offers in that group to take advantage of programs that may benefit you. And they will be exclusive right there in the group. So come on over, uh, look for Farm Next on Facebook and ask to join. I'll see you there.